Hey friends, Mercedes here. Welcome to our final throwback episode of the Lucky Few Podcast this holiday season. It has been so fun to revisit some of our favorite episodes. Today, we are so excited to re-release a very important conversation about the language we use when we advocate for our kiddos and loved ones with disability in the community as a whole. Now, this one was an awesome conversation, eye-opening, and left me continually bettering myself, right? Because as we, as a society, continue to progress and as a community, language is going to change. So the language I've used in the past, even on this podcast, has changed and evolved. And the disabilities community has spoken up and been able to advocate for themselves. And we are here to listen to that. So... You might be thinking that you're saying the correct things and you're, and you probably are, but you are probably not. I don't know. There's no right or wrong, but then there is. So we all just have to keep on learning and listening. And I loved this episode for that reason. It's awesome. And I think you will really learn something and join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> I just want to, before we start chatting, I want to remind our listeners that um, we always love it when you guys take a second to rate or review or even subscribe to the Lucky Few podcast. Um, this is just a friendly reminder. We know it takes time. We know it's kind of annoying to find <laughs> five minutes to click on it and do that whole thing. But um, we just appreciate you listeners so much. And if you have a second and you think about it, we would love for you to jump over. It helps other people find us. And as always, we are thankful you guys are listening and part of our community. I want to, we are going to talk about language today. And I feel like the first thing we need to say is we all three are able-bodied neurotypical people discussing the language used for people in the disability community. So it's always a problem, I think, or you should be cautious and aware when the people speaking about a topic aren't directly affected by that topic. You know what I mean? Like if you're only listening to white people about issues of race, then that's going to be an issue. And if mm -hmm. you're only listening to able-bodied neurotypical people about issues of disability, then that will turn into a problem. Are we all on the same page there, ladies? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I like to just make sure that our, when, that our listeners know that um, where we're coming from, you know, mm -hmm. like we're trying, yeah. we're trying okay. to do our best here. Right. And we're not perfect. Yes, totally. So I say all that because I, I'm learning about myself as an advocate in the disability world, as an ally, I will say as well, that my experience and my space of authority was so much based on just my experience raising my kids 
she says, my voice of authority was based so, almost solely on my experience raising my kids. I also was a special education teacher. Um, so I do have some background and experience. Um, like, like I did some serious studies and earning, I have two different special ed credentials and then experience working in special education. So there's that as well. But I have written two books. One is called The Lucky Few. One is called Scoot Over Make Some Room. And in those books, the language I use is language that I now think is wrong. <laughs> and I've written it and it's there and it is teaching people and guiding people. And that feels problematic, but also I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing anything about that because what can I do? It's printed. I'm sure there's things I can do. That sounds like a cop out. And then I've given, when my books come out, each time my books come out for the launch, I've done podcast interviews. So I've probably been a guest on over a hundred podcasts at this point in time. And often language is brought up and I always say people first language, always use people first language. And then over the last, I'd say three years or so, I've really done a deep dive in listening to the voices of disabled people and what that means, people first language, because my lens has been Down syndrome. And in the Down syndrome community, people first language is what we prefer. Um, it's, it is the most honoring language to use for people who have Down syndrome, is a person with Down syndrome, not a Down syndrome person. But that's not the case for other disabilities. And I have just blanketed my understanding, right, for that. Mm -hmm. So I remember a moment, I was invited to be a guest speaker at an event that half the people in the room had a disability, half the people in the room did not. And it was like a launch for this week they were going to spend together. And right before I went on, the person who ran this event had taught me about the term different abilities and differently abled. And I thought, I love that. And I started using that. And the person who told me about it was a neurotypical able-bodied person. And I just thought, that's so great. And I just started using that language. And that's the language I use in my book. And we'll talk about this in the episode. But that, that I'm now learning that that term different abilities and differently abled is patronizing and not helpful in the disability conversation. So I know I just said a lot of things there um, and we can unpack them together a little bit, but I think let's start with this idea of person first language mm -hmm. and where that came from and where, what our understanding is of that. And if we've used it, do we still use it? Why do we use it? Why not? All those things. Let's start with person first language. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thoughts. Well, and I think I, I just appreciate, I'm going to stop and just say, I appreciate you saying those things, Heather, mm -hmm. and acknowledge that like on this podcast, we have used differently mm -hmm. abled and different abilities. Um, for most of the time, I think over the last few months, we have been using the term disability more often. Um, but it's, I just want to say it's not just you, Heather, that have used differently abled, like all three of us have, and it's commonly used in mm -hmm. our community. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is an important conversation for us to have. I know that people can get, I think it can get people's hairs up. Is that a thing? Getting your hairs up? Yeah, I mean, I think we know what you mean. I and know what it, you're saying. If it wasn't, it is now. Getting your hairs up. Let's get our hairs up, y'all. Um, it can, 
if, if you're listening and you're like, oh, great, they're going to get into the, like, you can say this and you can't say this and blah, 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 blah. Um, just know that our intention is not to just throw roles at you and, right. and also to be like, oh, the thing you've been doing is wrong and it's changed. And so everybody jump on this bandwagon, but to, to know that what we most want to do is respect people with disabilities. And so in this conversation, we are trying to listen to the voices of people with disabilities who have said what they desire. And so as we talk about this stuff, that's, we're referring to research that has been done. We're referring to voices on the internet who have kind of spoken what they desire. And so I don't think this is about our obligation to like follow rules that change all the time, but how can we most respect people? And what does it mean for us as people who don't have disabilities to respect the voices of people who do and use the language that they want, not yeah. what we think is appropriate? Yeah. And I'd add that as an advocate and an ally in a space, I really believe the most powerful tool is to be a, a learner mm-hmm. and a listener. And so mm-hmm. what that means is at one point you may be standing on a certain idea that mm-hmm. as time goes on and the more you listen, the more you learn, that's going to shift a little bit. And so I think that's what's happened for me, you know, as that I'm, I want to be a useful advocate and ally in the disability mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And that means that I'm going to need to be constantly listening to the community that I'm advocating for, mm-hmm. which means I'm going to be learning a lot, which means I'm going to be changing yes. some of my views and ways that I do life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and just the reality that, you know, talk to any linguist in the world, language is always changing. It's always yes. evolving. That's why right. we don't speak old English, oldie English, <laughs> or, you know, whatever Chaucer did. Micah is whatever on Chaucer today. <laughs> I love that. Old English, <laughs> me ladies. Top of the um, morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if language is always changing and we are especially in a cultural moment where things can change all the time because of the internet, mm-hmm. like no wonder, you know, if you, if your hairs are up and you're like, why is this changing? I, I just want to like give that information that things, language is always changing. And we, as learners, being open to changing the way we speak about race if we need to, being open to changing the way we speak about where people come from or, you know, how they want to refer to themselves. It's just so important in all aspects of life that we are listening and uh, speaking in a way that values people. Yeah. Mercedes. Um, I raised my hand, everyone. Um, I think too, with us bringing up this topic and the little talk we did before we recorded, you, Heather, speaking about it just brought up to me how easy it is to clump the disabilities community as a whole, but even within the disabilities community, it's just so many people are their own community. Yes. Like the deaf community, mm-hmm. um, how we're talking about a person with Down syndrome as opposed to 
autistic person. Like there is, it is kind of a, a shame and not a shame. I think, like I said, you said we weren't going to shame anybody, but it is <laughs> a bummer to all of a sudden have an aha moment that I'm like, oh, great. I just mm. completely grouped a people group, you know, and like, and it's not um, intentional, but we live so much in a box just to understand things. So we box yeah. things up for understanding. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that we're going to unbox that, bring awareness and. I love education. I love educating myself, especially with social things. And I feel like what a great opportunity for us to have this conversation more than telling anybody something new. It's a conversation for a changed worldview and that open heart and open mind. An invitation Invitation. to think about how we speak. Scoot over, make some (laughs) Which may anyway. <laughs> don't read Pick that no. up. Yes, read. So, <laughs> so I t- I feel like I changed the the I, Heather passed it over. She asked us about first person language. So let's let's talk about that. What? How do you guys think about first person language? I agree with it. Now, though, I agree with it in the proper context to which I want it to be successful. You know, so as a mom. I feel like, okay, another thing, as an advocate and being a mom advocate, you can't help but place your own feelings on it too. So I want my daughter to be seen for who she is, you know? So she's a girl first. She's sunflower first. Then she has Down syndrome. But you know how that can't play out successfully for everyone? And I think I, I was talking about that with Heather as well, that it's hard to find a self-advocate with Down syndrome that is speaking on what they would like to be called. Like it's, there's not much out there. I think you girls said you've looked and there's not much out there, but personally, I like, this is my daughter's sunflower with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I would have assumed until my eyes were open that that would be the same for a person with autism, a person who is deaf. See, it's just natural for me to then want to put every person first instead of their disability, which is different than a diagnosis. Everybody, you jump in because right. this was all I learned <laughs> <Yes>. this morning <laughs> before 9.30. No, those are, all, those are all good points that, so that I think the issue, what I'm learning the issue is with person first language is that it separates a person from their disability mm-hmm. and people and disabled people are saying, when you do that, you're saying my disability is bad right. and my disability is my identity. And therefore I don't see it as bad. And I think that as an able-bodied person, as an able-bodied neurotypical person, we, I'm going to say we, as in like all of us who are able-bodied neurotypical, but I know maybe it's just true for me. Maybe I should just say I mm-hmm. want to look at people with disabilities at disabled people and think, Oh, you, you like how that must be so hard for you to be in a wheelchair or to have a limb difference or that you're deaf. That must be so hard. Surely you would like to be more like me and the disabled community is saying, no, 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 no. 
we are who we are. We identify as this and we don't, and that, that identity is not a negative thing. So when you mm-hmm. say person first language, then you are implying that there's something negative about this part of my identity. I think like it's confusing might not be the right word, but part of the conversation then is with Down syndrome, which is our audience primarily, and which is our, our experience. And I think is why people first language was something I was teaching to anyone who would ask is because with Down syndrome, it is people first language because Down syndrome is a medical diagnosis and Down syndrome causes certain disabilities, but Down syndrome itself is a diagnosis. And so you don't do diagnosis first language. So you wouldn't say a Down syndrome person, you would say a person with Down syndrome. That feels clear in my head, but I can see how that might not be in hearing that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it's so confusing to think about Mm -hmm. because I think it, I would have, I would naturally be like, oh yeah, his diagnosis is Mm -hmm. Down syndrome, not that Down syndrome is a condition that that causes his other diagnoses and right yeah but down syndrome is considered a medical definition like there's it is a medical definition for this is this equals these disabilities right right like whereas deafness is a disability and it is not something to be ashamed of therefore in the deaf community they my understanding is people who are deaf when referred to as deaf. Yes, a deaf a deaf person, person not a person mm-hmm. who is deaf. Yes. And I so just to unpack this a little bit further. Yeah. This is why we don't say a person who we would say this person has a heart condition. We wouldn't say heart condition person. Right. Right? Or like cancer person. Mm-hmm. We would say a person who has cancer because it is a medical diagnosis as opposed to a disability, right? right. Okay. Which would be the same for like cerebral palsy. You wouldn't say a cerebral palsy person. You would say a person with cerebral palsy, but that person with cerebral palsy is disabled. Okay. Okay. Yes. So I think like even within Down syndrome, it's like my child has Down syndrome. My child is disabled or, mm-hmm. but not differently abled. Because I don't, I, I know for me, when I think of my kids and I think of people with Down syndrome, I'm not trying to separate their, separate their disability from them because it's so much a part of their identity. And when you do use people first language in that regard, you're separating it from them. It's confusing. I said, that might be the wrong word, but it's the right word. I I wonder too if it's such a journey, even for a person um, who they themselves has the disability. I wonder living in the world that I know when that we live in now, if it's a journey to be like, this disability is a part of my identity, because there's so much more emphasis on you are more than your disability. You, your disability does not define you. I hear that more than the opposite. And I feel like what a journey it would be to be able to identify yourself as a disabled person. And I'm talking more of a person without a diagnosis, but like you said, limb difference, especially if it's after an accident, this is not Mm. the person they were beforehand. Like, I feel like even within this conversation that 
identifying yourself with a disability is going to be such a journey for some and really vary from person to person. I could see that, but I am just one person, but I could potentially see how much of a journey that is. Well, and I, I think this is such a hard, a tricky conversation because we are speaking as moms. Mm -hmm. I I don't want like, I don't like it when Ace is called a Downs kid. No. And I grew up with my, a friend, Carrie, who had Down syndrome. And that was the language that I used that she was, she was Downs or she mm. was a Downs girl. I don't think I ever said Downs girl, but I said Downs person. And I, I don't want that. I don't like that language. And mm. is that just because I've been in this, in this community for so long that I like that phrase offends me now, you know, do you, do you hear the question I'm asking? Yes. I get that. I get that because it's so, it's still like in, like you said, as mom, it's still, it's irking to me to, to put disabilities first, but also cause that's still changing. Even though I've done so much work, still changing my mind that disability is not a negative you know, like there's still a journey. Of course, I don't think disability is negative, sure. but the word, I almost grouped the word with handicap and mm-hmm. that's, they're not the same. You know, one is more of slang. I think one's more slang and outdated handicap. And then we're saying there is power and positivity in disability because people who have a disability are saying, no, I'm proud of this in my identity. Right. Yeah. I think that that's the whole idea behind not using person first language is that by doing so you're, you're saying that disability is a negative thing and people, people in the disability community are like, well, no, it's not Mm. like, it's a part of who we are. And so I'm going to read something that might be helpful. Yeah, please. This is from a, a, a blog called the body is not the apology. And we'll link it in the show notes, but this person says, my disability among many other things is integrated into who I am. There is no way to separate me from my disability. It is not as if quotes person is a standard action figure while quote disability comes in the accessory pack designed to make you spend more money. That's the image that comes to mind when I hear person first or when I hear person with a disability. Mm. That's so interesting. Right. So it's this idea that when we say person first language or when we say differently abled, it's like, well, wait a second, as able-bodied people, we're implying that there is a better, that there is a way to be as a person and the disability is the accessory or the extra and people, disabled people are saying, no, this is who I am. This is not just an extra thing. It's who I am. So that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, I think that there would be, I would, one thing I would love as, as all of us coming from the Down syndrome community is to know, and I think maybe this would have been good before this episode, cause it's just coming to my mind right now, but like, what is the history of how that language was changed? Because it really was very normal in the eighties, probably nineties. And at some point yeah. it became first person language or person first language. And, and so I think that's question one. And then question two is what, 
do adults with Down syndrome, how do, how do people who are able to express their feelings about what they're called, like, what do they think about it? And I feel like that is one thing that we haven't really been able to find out. And Heather has done a little bit of research here, but like, we haven't found anything where a person with Down syndrome is saying, hey, this is why I want to be called this particular thing. Because right. I think most of the people that we are speaking about when we're talking about disability advocates who are disabled themselves, it's autistic people, it's deaf people, it's people with limb differences, people who use wheelchairs, but not really people with Down syndrome speaking right. about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that let's, let's do that on social media. We can start and we can reach out to our guests that we've had on our guests of Down syndrome and ask them. And we'd love for people to, to speak into that for sure. In terms of the history, some of the history, it, it really started the idea of person first language. My understanding is in the eighties and it actually a big push for it was with AIDS victims, with AIDS activists. Mm-hmm. And it was, they didn't want to be con- labeled as victims or because it implies defeat. They don't want to be patients because it implies passivity and helplessness and dependence. So they wanted to be people with AIDS, Mm. not AIDS patients or AIDS victims, people with AIDS. Mm. Um, I think that's where it started, this idea of people first language, which then goes back to the idea of like a disability versus with, which is with Down syndrome is a syndrome. It's different. You know, yeah. and I think yeah. that that also could be a whole other. Someone surely, someone's written a research paper about that that we have not read. Surely, surely, <laughs> send it our way. Yeah, and I, I, I. This kind of brings us to then we haven't really touched on the idea between person-first language versus identity language, mm. right? So let's yeah. unpack that a tiny bit. Okay, identity-first language versus person-first. So here's something I found on the internet. So it says, for people who prefer person-first language, the choice recognizes that a human is first and foremost a person. They have a disorder, but that disorder doesn't define them. So that could go like with the idea of like, they have cancer, but cancer doesn't define them, right? Right. Whereas people who prefer identity-first language, the choice is about empowerment. It says, for example, autism isn't something to be ashamed of. So identity first language is em- about empowerment. I identify myself this way. Therefore, use the language in which I identify myself, which is what we hear. It's not everyone, it's not every autistic person feels this way, but I, it, it is a good example of where I, I hear it the most. Identity first mm-hmm. language is self-advocates with autism. Autistic self-advocates would mm-hmm. want to be called autistic not a self-advocate with autism they, right. because it is their identity. Mm-hmm. So, um, and to separate it and for us to try to separate it would be hurtful, harmful, offensive because it's then implying that it's, that they should be without it. They should be something that exists without it. Like that idea of that woman who said, or the person who said my disability is like an accessory, that it's not an accessory. It's who I, it's how I identify myself. Right. Right. Whereas the, like, in, in the same way, people in the deaf community do not want to be called hearing impaired right. because what we're saying is that this is an impairment and 
and from what I understand, most people would in the deaf community would say, no, there's not something wrong with me. This is who I am. I'm deaf. It's not because there's an impairment to like what I ought to be, but right. deafness is my identity. So right. call me deaf. It's a source of pride. Right. It's a source of pride. It's saying yes. that this isn't a descriptor. This is my identity. This is my culture. This is who I am. And if you, when you try to separate that, it's actually more harmful for me mm. than empowering for, for me. Right. We're starting to really break free from titles that bond us negatively hmm. and finding pride and power in, in individuals. And mm -hmm. I feel like even in the word disability, disability that I was thinking at, that I was mentioning earlier, that there is so much to shed as far as that being bad or wrong grammar. Like it just is so interesting how much we carry that was the social norm and how in past time there was so much shame in any anything that was quote unquote wrong mm -hmm. in a person and how that gets passed down. And even if you think you're not a person that feels that way, you still have work to do because it's tinge still there. And like mm -hmm. this knowledge um, is so important that we're still learning how to empower every person on this planet, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that let's bring it back to differently abled, which is the mm -hmm. phrase that we used so often on this podcast. And um, like, what is it that is not empowering you guys mm -hmm. about saying differently abled as opposed to saying disabled? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like this is a problem for those who are listening and are like, I don't get this, you guys. What are you saying? Right. I liked what you read to us, Heather, about superhero powers like oh, um, we're compared almost to like superhuman strength so it's the idea like to say to Flying. say that a that a disabled person is differently abled is then to assume that well i think we say because like well we're, we all are differently abled we all have different abilities right mm -hmm. like everybody has different abilities but when we're referring to just people in the disability community then we're not including those outside of that community in it. So then it's saying that there is a, a, a certain way to be human. So you could use the idea of a different ability. Yeah. For someone who can like has x-ray vision, you know, if it's like, there's a standard of human and mm -hmm. then there's something outside that standard, then you could, then it makes sense to say that, but that doesn't, that's not the world we live in. There's, we can't right. say there's a standard of human, a standard of a way to be a person. Right. And then and then say, well, that people with different abilities, well, wait, we all have different abilities. Right. So it doesn't make sense to use that phrase for people with disabilities. Right. right. It's patronizing. Mm. Right. Yes. Because, and that is like to say that the only people with, a, with different, different abilities are the people with disabilities is, right. yeah, it's, it's saying that, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of turning on its head yep. why we don't say normal. Right. Like we, we don't, we, we say typically developing, right. Okay. To speak about children who don't have a disability right. and, and so we don't 
if we're saying like, we're not going to call somebody like that person's normal and that person's not, then we, it also would make sense that we're not saying differently abled because we're saying these are all the people who are abled normally. And these are the people who are abled differently. Right. It, it does, it, that starts, that makes sense to me where it starts to be patronizing. It seems like just a bunch of people who are not who don't have disabilities themselves came up with this nicer sounding term. Mm. Well, I think that's the whole point. Right. And I, and I'm actually going to like bring us to a close here with this. We can close it out with this idea that I I have heard and then studied up that that phrase is a phrase that was created by neurotypical able-bodied people. So that right there should be like, Oh wait, that's a problem. And at the end of all of this, if, if you're feeling confused and if it's like, well, great, what should we say? What should we not say? It is safe to say, look to the people with disabilities, look to the disability community as your guides and your teachers. And, and if you are going to be a voice of authority in a space, this is what I've learned. And I'm preached to myself before you speak out on something like what language the disability community prefers, and you're not in that community yourself, ask them. And so you can ask them if they, if you have a friend who has a certain disability or go online and there's hundreds and hundreds of articles you can read written by the dis- disabled community. You can go on Instagram and follow different accounts. Um, so I think that, that that is the most honoring thing to do at the end of the day is mm-hmm. listen to the people with whom the language most affects and then do what they say because it's mm-hmm. their it's their lives who better to speak up than for themselves than themselves. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, the best rule of thumb here mm-hmm. with language. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that that is, you know, uh, what we're going to be doing the three of yeah. us Definitely. and also, you know, part of doing this episode for us is acknowledging like, okay, we made a mistake. We are not going to be using differently abled anymore. And this is why, and, and we want you as our listeners to know that, and Mm -hmm. we are listening and learning. There may be a moment where we come back and we're like, you guys, we got to change, you know, (laughs) we've realized that we need to speak about this differently. And so like, let's just all pinky swear together, listeners and us, like we're going to do our best. We're listening in the same way that we are doing our best to advocate for our kids as we learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just, we're going to advocate for all people with disabilities and we're going to respect what what even if each group asks something differently respect what that group asks right that's right okay all right well hey this is going to be something that we are excited to hear from all of you listeners this is i hope um will be a good topic of conversation on instagram um we want you to reach out to us with questions and you know, maybe we can, if we, if there are more questions, maybe this would be something cool to have an expert on to talk more about with us. So. Mm. All right, friends, we hope you enjoyed that special throwback episode. Tune in next week for a brand new episode with all of us. Woohoo! As always, a huge thank you to our editor, Josh Davis, our producer, Roush Leader, our sponsor, and all of you who have shared Lucky Few podcasts with friends and who have listened faithfully and cheered us on. 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember that you, our dear listeners, supporting your loved ones with Down syndrome, you are a shouter of worth and a narrative shifter. So keep on keeping on. We are cheering for you. So we will see you next week on January 19th. Happy New Year.